0: Open your Bible please to 1st Samuel chapter 17 1st Samuel chapter 17 I am so glad that that you're back in church tonight nobody had to come back unless you're one of the children in the church then generally you don't get a vote on that but I appreciate you being back in the house of the Lord tonight and so I'm going to look at a very familiar Bible story that most of us have heard probably one of the most famous Bible stories in all the Word of God And even though you've heard sermons on this and know the story yourself, I want to encourage you to try to get something from it for you tonight from the Lord. Uh, Too many of us are like that old guy that finally got his first cell phone driving down the highway and, and the phone lit up, but he made a promise to his wife because he is a little elderly that he would not be getting on the phone while he was driving. And finally it rang again, he ignored it, it rang again, he ignored it. He finally, uh, the third time, he, he picked it up and here it was his wife. And she said, honey, I, I don't want to ask if you're driving or not because I told you not to drive and talk on the phone. But I had to call you and tell you because it was just on the news, there's somebody driving the opposite direction on I-95. And I just wanted to warn you. And he said, no, dear, there are hundreds of them. <laughs> and sometimes we think the message is for everybody else, <laughs> but not me. <laughs> but hopefully tonight God will speak to your heart. First Samuel 17, I, if I can get my page to turn, I'll turn it here. Hallelujah, what is the deal? Electronics. In verse number one, we see an introduction to the battle. Look in verse one. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle. How many are aware of the fact that the Philistines were the enemy of God's people? You know that? I know that. And I want to remind you today that the devil is our enemy today. He will always be our enemy. And just because it may seem like peace. Time for you and your family that doesn't mean the enemy has laid down its arms and quit on us we have an enemy and we have an enemy that wants to defeat us that wants to defy and destroy the people of God I don't care if you're eight years old 18 years old or 80 years old our enemy is still out to destroy us tonight there is a great joy in being a Christian. We have purpose. We have power. We have a promise of a home in heaven someday. I'm telling you, it's a joy to be a Christian. But whoever said that Christianity is for sissies was not a Christian. I'm here to tell you, we're called soldiers. God's Word calls us soldiers. Conquerors, warriors, anything and everything but a sissy. The world is the enemy of God and God's people. And the world opposes the philosophy and doctrines of God. We've seen the world take over our, quote, Christian nation. Think of it. I'm not being political tonight when I speak, I'm just making an observation. There was a time in America that we would have said same-sex marriage is a contradiction of terms. It's an oxymoron. I mean, even unsaved people would have agreed with that. But today, it's changed. And I'm telling you, the enemy of God is creeping into our American culture. And God helped the church of the living God to recognize the fact that the devil would like to change churches to believe the same. The Methodists, I just heard, are going to split over that very false doctrine. It's always been hard to serve the Lord. It's always been a battle to live for God. God never promised it would be easy. Just worth it. I mean, you know Larry LaPrize. He's the man that wrote the Hokey Pokey. And it was a children's favorite. In fact, it was a favorite to some of us adults. And yet, though he made hundreds and thousands of people smile with his music, he had a tough life. Even at his funeral, things went wrong. I mean, his left hand came out of the casket. And then they put his left hand in, and he put his right hand out. Before long, he's turning up, just teasing. I I made that up. I'm just saying, folks, just because someone else looks like they have an easy life, you don't know what's going on. The truth of the matter is, every single one of us have a battle today. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we do wrestle. But it's a spiritual battle. Are you listening to me tonight? Verse number 10, we see the illumination of a sore spot. And the Philistine, who was that Philistine, folks? He had a name. His name was Goliath. And Goliath said, I defy. The armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. And you would think there would be men lining up, volunteering. I'll fight him. I'll take him on. Let's take this guy out and let's go home and celebrate. But the armies of God, they sat in their camps. This one guy was a source of irritation. This one guy was a source of frustration. This one man was a source of polarization. This one Goliath was a source of humiliation to the people of God. Oh, how the devil knows the weaknesses of God's people. Whatever your Achilles heel is, the devil is aware of it. And quite frankly, so is Google. Whatever your weakness is, our enemy targets that one sore spot. For some people, they're weak with gambling. Some have a weak spot for lust. Some for lying. Some for greed. Some for fame. Some for adultery or fornication. Some for laziness. Some for money. Some for pleasure. Some for entertainment. Whatever that weakness is in your life, the enemy knows it and he targets that spot. Well, why can't the devil tempt me over here? I can whip him there. The enemy isn't going to target where you're strong. He's going to shoot at your weakness. And he will irritate you, frustrate you, polarize you, and humiliate you. The Israelites were actually afraid of this one man. Think of it. One man set back an entire army. Don't look at me like you don't understand. There are some of you that won't go soul winning because of one fear. Some of you won't go the extra mile in your giving because of one fear. I'm saying our enemy tonight is quite aware of what the target is to hit you in your life to get you to just lay back and serving God. They actually came to the point of believing they were no match for Goliath. I want to ask this audience tonight, was that true? Were the people of God able to take out Goliath? Were the people of God able to take out the whole Philistine army? They themselves did not have the abilities. But somebody in that camp should have known, hey, the battle is the Lord's. We can't let them defy our God. They lost faith. And you can read Samuel. You can read the chapter before chapter after and you'll find no recorded prayer meeting begging and asking God for help. One man said, Weak men wait for opportunities. Strong men make opportunities. The trained soldiers, the king himself, veteran men of war, had given up hope. How sad to see people that you love and 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 respect and and have seen in church for years and and been in leadership sort of give up and say, well, we're in the end times. There's no way we're ever going to see revival in America. There's just no hope. It's harder today than it's ever been. And you see them just sort of give up and say, with the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos, even so come Lord Jesus, basically throwing up the white flag. How sad. And it's sadder to see when it's older folks. Hey, if there's anyone that ought to be leading the charge, it ought to be those of us that have been walking with the Lord for 40, 50 years. We are the ones that should be the spiritual leaders in the church of the living God. Job's three friends were veterans. They were older. They were wiser. But they lost their spiritual discernment. And I remind our church from time to time, God spare us from old, bitter, faithless, carnal, negative, complaining senior saints. Give us some Caleb's. Give, give us some old men and old ladies that maybe physically we don't have the strength that we once had, but we know Every victory comes not because we're young and youthful and strong, but God gives us the victory. And if anyone ought to have faith, it ought to be those of us that have been walking with Jesus for years. A good example has twice the value of good advice. Verse number 36, we, we read of the induction of a young warrior. How can you not get excited The servants, this is David speaking up, volunteering. Let me take him on. Thy servant slew both the lion and and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be one of them, seeing he hath defied the uh, armies of the living God. Let me remind you, this young man was not being arrogant, cocky, egotistical, self reliant young man he just happened to believe God and could I remind the young people in this room before you get critical of the old people do something every revival in in church history was initiated not by the elderly but by the young you read the historical records It was young teenagers, high school students, college students that wanted to see the miraculous with their own eyes. They'd heard about it from mom and dad. They heard about it from their grandparents, but they wanted to experience it themselves. And it was young people that organized prayer meetings. It was young people that sought out other young people to pray and ask God to send power from heaven. The Bible says, let no man despise thy youth. Just because a man is not as old as another, just because he's not as experienced, doesn't mean that God can't use him. Here's David volunteering for the job. Do you realize there wasn't one person that thought he could do it? The preacher, Samuel, He didn't think David could. His his own dad. If there's anyone that's usually saying, my son can do this. Jesse didn't think he could do it. His brethren. He had three older brothers, Eliab, Abinadab, Shammah. None of them. In fact, they accused him of being a cocky teenager. The king... Didn't think he could do it. And the enemy, Goliath, what'd he do? He laughed at him. What are you you sending me this kid out here? You think I'm a dog? I just want to remind you that we have a responsibility not to listen to our critics. If there's a cause, we ought to fight for it. You say, well, you can say that because you're an old-timer. Do you realize that when I get in front of old people and I say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old, I have 80-year-olds that come up to me and say, oh, you're just a kid. Well, I don't feel like a kid. My body hurts. It never felt like this when I was a kid. Sure. Oh, you don't even know. You just wait, it doesn't get any better. Well, I, I didn't say that it was, but I'm just saying, some people think that a 66-year-old man is a young guy. Man, I love this guy. But there's a lot of young people in here saying, oh, please, Lord, don't let him fall over now. (laughs) And I would be one of them, hallelujah. I'm just saying you could be in your teens, in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 60s. Somebody thinks you're too young or too inexperienced for the job. Some of you, that's why you don't go soul in it. I've never done it before. I have little experience. Let no man despise thy youth. whatever you're inexperienced at, don't let anybody despise your youth. Be an example of the believer. you show them how a believer trusts God. Verse 45 we get the information of power. David isn't worried about it. I mean he refuses Goli- or King Saul's armor. I mean, he tries to put it on, but he can't wear it. It's too heavy. It's awkward. He doesn't know how to use it. He he tells his king respectfully, hey, listen, I can't wear this. But I know how to use a sling. He says in verse 45, David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast Defied. David knew the power or the victory was not in whether or not he could wear Saul's armor. It wasn't even in his sling. The power was in the name of the Lord. Philippians 4.13, we read it this morning. I can do all things. That does not mean you can slam dunk if you're 5 foot 10 and white. White men can't jump. Well, I'll just tell you that right now. And for me to say, Philippians 4.13, I'm going to go out and slam dunk it. Well, I'm going to tell you what i got to do before I can do that. i got to crank on my backboard, and I can bring it down to six feet. I bring it down six feet, I can nearly dunk it. Then I still hurt myself. Some people say, well, I can do all things. I'm going to be a millionaire. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about anything that God asks you to do, you can rest assured you can do it. God's not going to ask you to do it unless He will empower you to do so. Matthew 19 says, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Power is not in positive thinking. Power is not in a good self image. Power is not in money. How many Christians have I heard? Well, if I could win the lotto, that would take care of everything. It'll just mess up your life. If you can't handle $10, you can't handle $10 million. Position and heritage and educational programs, I'm here to tell you, none of that is what the scripture requires of us to be successful for the Lord. All we need to do is go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of God's people are irritated. They're polarized. They're frustrated. They're humiliated by a specific sin in their life. And they're convinced they can't conquer it. I've spoke to good men that have told me, preacher, everything's fine except one thing. And I've tried to get it right. And I'm good for a month or two months. And then I find myself back in it. I've asked God to forgive me, and he's forgiven me. And and, and, and preacher, to the best of my ability, I'm as honest as I can be when I ask God to forgive me and to help me. I'm not being superficial. I'm not being hypocritical. But I keep failing. And I've just come to this conclusion that that's just an area I'm not going to have victory in. And that, my friend, is the Goliath that polarizes your life. That's exactly what the devil wants you to believe, that you cannot have victory. But you can. The power is not in your abilities or in your personal discipline. The power is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're serious about conquering it, you can conquer it. Not in your power, but in God's power. You need to pray more. Well, how much more? How badly do you want to conquer it? You ought to fast and pray if you're serious about conquering that enemy. You can conquer it through Jesus Christ if you want to. If a church is going to get on its feet, it has to first get on its knees. David wants to show God's power. He's not trying to show off his strength or his ability. He wants to show an ungodly world, the power of his God. David didn't waste time. He hurried. And the Bible says that he ran toward Goliath. And as one man said, he slung his sling and sunk a stone in his sorry skull. And down went Goliath. Now that was a long introduction for a very short sermon. I want to draw your attention to verse number 50. I presume that the Sunday night crowd would be familiar with the David and Goliath story. Verse 50, so David prevailed over the Philistine. Wouldn't that be nice if we could spiritualize it to Bible Baptist Church? In Bible... Baptist church prevailed over the devil. Could happen. You're having Vision Sunday next week. You're going to strategize. You're going to put together a war plan on how you as a, as a platoon, as an army of God here how you're going to attack the gates of hell. And that's our job, to attack the gates of hell. And God has already promised us that the devil can't stop us. We can, we can conquer him. And so tonight I want to challenge this church with this thought. We need giant killers. We need More giant killers. First of all, there are a lot of giants today. The Bible says that in the last days it'll be like the days of Noah. And you read Genesis chapter 6, and believe it's verse number 4. The Bible says there were giants in the land. Not giant, giants plural. I believe we're living in the last days. And if it's going to be like the days of Noah, then I can have a lot of confidence that I'm not looking at Goliath only, but the world's going to be filled with giants, many giants. Let me just remind you of who we're fighting against. We're talking about the giants of apathy. Do you realize the average church today doesn't give a flip that people are going to hell? Do you realize that the average fundamental, independent, narrow minded King James only, red letter edition Baptist Church doesn't care about worldliness creeping into the house of the living God? We are fighting the giants of apathy, the giants of apostasy, abortion, antagonism, anarchy, adultery. We are fighting the giants of lust and lies. And laziness and lewdness and law-breaking we're fighting the giants of stealing and swearing and shooting and stabbing is commonplace today we're fighting giants of fear fame fortune fornication and fun you can't plan a ministry in the church unless we make it fun God forbid that anyone might think ministry is work. We fight the giants of hate, hypocrisy, whoredom, divorce, drugs, drunkenness, discouragement, depression, defeat, and the list goes on and on. We are living in the last days and the land is filled with giants to the point that the average camp of Christians is just like the ones in 17th chapter of Samuel. Sitting back and just not doing anything. Accepting the stalemate. Accepting the Cold War. We need giant killers. We need some men and women at Bible Baptist Church that will reject the curse. And what I mean by that is, will stand up and oppose that which is evil. We need men and women in this church that will recognize the cause. David said, is there not a cause? What's he saying? Open your Eyes. That's why in Ephesians we read, Awake! Open your eyes. Your next door neighbor, your co-workers, family members, they bug you. They're they're a source of irritation. They need God. We need members of this church that will respond to Christ. It's not a matter of responding to a guest speaker or to the pastor's please and, and sharing his heart. It's a matter of we need some men and women that love God and will say, I will obey my God. If God says, do it, I have no excuse I must obey. We need members of this church that will rejoice the church. Come on. We joked about it a little bit this morning, but you know what excites the church? When we win. When a soul gets saved, you can't help but get excited. If it's a family member or a close friend, that's why the Bible says, He that soweth in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him I want to tell you there's hardly a greater joy in this life than winning another soul to Jesus Christ and you might sit there and question that because you haven't won one or you haven't won one in a long time and you've allowed some of the other things of this life to bring you little imitation joys and pleasure But when you see people get saved, oh, my word. A few years ago, we had our annual friend day, the first Sunday of May, and Lori and I, we hadn't had a vacation, and I needed a rest. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I planned to go away for two weeks. I went away two weeks, the week before our biggest day of the year. We went to Hawaii. I want to tell you, that's a place to rest. We went to Hawaii, and I met with my staff before I left. I said, listen, I'm turning off my phone. Don't call me. And if our guest speaker calls and cancels for whatever reason, don't worry about it, because the Lord was already preparing my heart to preach, and I don't know why. But when we got back, guess what the news was? Our guest speaker, one of our favorite preachers, threw his back out and could not come. Man, I wasn't glad that he had a bad back, but I had a message burning in me. That morning, I forget how many we had, seven, 800 doubled our attendance that day, but you know what got the church excited? 42 people walked the aisle and trusted Christ as Savior. Woo! I'm telling you, not one or two, that would have been good. But when 42 get saved, it's like God just making a statement. I want to tell you, that rejoices the church. That's overcoming. So how can we, how can we kill giants? Well, it's not in Saul's armor. It's not in David's sling. What do we have to have? Well, the power is in the gospel Paul said in Romans 1:16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God the word power translated from the Greek word dunamis the same word that we would get dynamite it is the dynamite of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Listen, the gospel is the answer. The gospel is the power that will help us win over sinners. You don't have to be a good talker. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a salesman to be a good soul winner. All you have to know is the gospel. The gospel will do the work. We're not trying to talk people into joining us. We're sharing the gospel, and the gospel is what converts us. Share the gospel. The gospel is what will help us overcome sin. You Think about it. Jesus Christ died for your what? The Bible says, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He came to save us from our sins. That's the gospel. That's good news. I don't have to be stuck in this sinful habit. I don't have to be stuck in this sinful attitude. The gospel is the power for us to kill sin in our life. How well do you know the gospel? How well do you love the gospel? Jesus Christ came to this world to die for your sins. He knows every single filthy thought you've ever had. If we were able to put your thought life up, for the, just the month of December. Just one month. Not a whole year. Not your whole life. Just one month. The month of December. And that's when most of you are at your best behavior because we're getting ready for Christmas. If we were able to put your thought life up on the screen. And we announce it tonight, Tomorrow. Next Sunday on Vision Sunday, we're going to put your thought life up on on that screen. You know what? I have a hunch you wouldn't be here. If you're putting mine up there, I can assure you, me and Lori won't be here. Nor would you. Are you listening? God came to save us from our sins. Aren't you thankful for that? Every word you've ever uttered. How many have ever said something that you wished you could take back? But it's too late, isn't it? God came, Jesus came to save you from every word. Every word. How many have done something in private? Nobody else knows that you know of. Nobody else knows. But if it were put out in public... It may not ruin you, but it would certainly humiliate you. Christ came to save you from that. I'm just saying, we got good news, folks. The gospel is good news. He came to save us from our sins. Top that, ESPN. Top that. CNN, top that, Fox News, I am forgiven. Woo! You think on that for a while, that'll give you power you haven't had in quite a while. I'm saying tonight, Bible Baptist Church, we need some giant killers in 2020. And I'd like to think there's going to be more than one or even two. I'd like to thank your Sunday night crowd. The vast majority of this crowd is going to leave saying, I'm in. And I'm ready to battle. And if I get knocked down, I'm getting back up. I'm not waiting for two, three months to pass by. I'm getting back up right then. We're going to win this battle. And we're going to glorify our God let's stand to our feet heads bowed and eyes closed I can't wait to hear about Sunday next week I'm not overlooking tonight but I'm here to launch your vision Sunday and part of the launch is in the anticipation of what's going to follow but I'm so blessed to see how God even moved this morning in your service I think it'd be worth a follow-up tonight. Let's just all gather around the altar. We're just family here. Prayer can do anything God can do. question is, who really believes that? Whatsoever you shall ask of my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Let's come and pray for our pastor like he asked this morning. Pray for me every day this week. Let's come and pray for our church family. Let's come and pray for our own family. Let's come and pray and ask God to use each of us tonight to be giant killers. Father, bless these dear people. Thank you for their kind attention and their and the reception of your word. And I pray that we would just open ourselves up to you father we want 2020 to be another victorious year yea even the greatest year in the history of this church certainly in recent years oh god would you show yourself strong on behalf of this church this people this year and should there be a soul here tonight without christ headed for hell i pray they would be saved